Check out the Geek Therapy Forum, which combines the features of a traditional message board with the comment section of all our content. Join the discussion at forum.geektherapy.com. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. My name is Josue Cardona with Lara Taylor. Hey, Josue. We got another bonus episode because we just saw 13 Reasons Why, and I think it's best to talk about it when it's fresh in our minds. So you peer pressured me into <laughs> watching it. I did, because I watched it really quickly. <laughs> you did, you did. And uh, no regrets here. So here's, here's what I want to do. We're going to start the discussion off spoiler-free completely. Oh, wow. Yeah, because okay. I feel that there's a lot that we can talk about, and, and this show is really important, and it does mm-hmm. a lot of great things that we can talk about without having to spoil the actual story or getting to any of the story. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this, and uh, so so far, don't worry, we're going to be spoiler free. We'll go into spoiler territory later. Are you going to do a whole lot of content warning? So funny <laughs> you ask, because uh, my first <laughs> my first note is content warning for everything. Yep, everything. Okay, there is pretty much just everything. Just consider. I mean, if you have anything, this is your universal content. I think. Warning. I think the biggest two are the suicide and sexual assault. Those are the two. The but there's a lot of other things, but those I think are the most that would affect people. Yeah, sexual assault, absolutely. Yeah, because I, even even the suicide, like this doesn't. We talk about it a lot here. Yeah, but it isn't. It isn't like in the first season. No, you know. But if people are listening to this, maybe they haven't seen the first season either. So Yeah, true, 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 true. Uh, and the first season really is about suicide primarily. And then a lot of other things that were horrible that happened. That led up to the, the suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess it was about a lot of stuff. I guess maybe season one, the suicide was front and center. Mm-hmm. And in season two, it takes a backseat. Okay. Right? I think, I think that's yeah. about accurate. Um, yeah, and that was, that was absolutely my, my first note. Mm-hmm. So we, we've talked about this, um, about how good of a job they did with the second season, especially considering how shocking the first season was. And not only do, so, so we're, we're, you know, we just gave a, a, a kind of very general content warning. But when you start season two, the first thing that happens is that you get a minute long PSA with actors from the series. And, I have some of the things that they that they say, right? They say, look, the show tackles real world issues, mm-hmm. taking a look at sexual assault, substance abuse, suicide, and more. By shedding light on difficult topics, we hope our show can help viewers start a conversation, which that's what we're all about here, right? right? Uh, <laughs> conversation starters. Um, but if you are struggling with these issues yourself, this series may not be right for you, or you may want to watch with a trusted adult. Super important, right? Super mm-hmm. important. Don't take this on yourself, especially if you think that these are issues that you know are, are difficult for you. Or like, you know, like it's, it's implied, but if at some point it's getting too real, like find somebody to watch it with. Mm-hmm. Don't, if you really want to, to continue. They also say, and if you ever feel you need someone to talk with, reach out to a parent, a friend, a counselor, or an adult you trust. Call a local helpline or go to 13reasonswhy.info. Because the minute you start talking about it, it gets easier. So that is the first minute of the show. Right. Not and even the show. That is before the first episode rolls, it forces you, or the first episode of the second season rolls, it forces you to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. just, I remember tearing up watching it. Like, I feel like the show is nailing it. Their biggest criticism of the first season 
was that there were there was a lack of content warning and that things were affecting especially teenagers who are watching the show without any support. And there are people who will argue that uh, this show has caused a uh, increase in suicides or suicide attempts. I don't know if there's any research that supports that, but it is more noticed that, that these things are going on. And I feel like the the showrunners have taken the feedback and implemented something super powerful and important for, for kids and adults to watch. Yeah. And Netflix is an online service, right? You can watch it in many different ways. So when I started watching, I actually started watching on my phone. Mm-hmm. And a completely separate content warning pops up when you watch it on your phone. Wow. So... Yep. So you get a pop-up notification. Um, I'm on iPhone, so it's a your your usual notification pops up right when you hit play, before it lets you see the episode. And it says, "Content warning: This series contains scenes that viewers may find disturbing, including graphic depictions of sexual assault, substance abuse, and suicide. If you or anyone you know needs help finding support or crisis resources, please go to 13reasonswhy.info for more information." Then it has two buttons: visit website or OK, before it lets you watch the show. And then you get to watch the minute-long PSA, mm-hmm. and then the show starts. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I also wanted to give an example of um, like how, how, how much more they did. A few days after it released on Netflix, I was on, I believe it was, yeah, it was an Instagram story from Netflix, and... I, I copied it. So um, some of the things that came up were Beyond the Reasons Video Discussion Guide. So they posted all of these different uh, components. And one was spotting signs of depression, talking to someone about drugs and alcohol abuse, taking signs of potential harm seriously, understanding consent. And at the end, it said, if you or someone you know needs help, please swipe up to visit 13reasonswhy.info for resources. And that was just in their Instagram story. The same day, on their actual Instagram, they had videos explaining some of these things. So again, spotting signs of depression and, and all of those other things. So they they had a whole campaign, mm-hmm. a whole like PSA campaign revolving around the show, which it's not only covering your ass, it's also taking the subject matter seriously, but also taking advantage of the situation because that's a really popular show. And now you have the opportunity to provide really valuable resources. So I think that the way Netflix handled it, the way the showrunners handled it, it was just amazing. And this year they also did another Beyond the Reasons, mm-hmm. which is like a, a extra episode kind of dissecting the important issues that, that happened on the show and kind of a behind-the-scenes look. And the one from last year was 23 minutes long, I believe, and this year's was 67. Yeah. So they spent a lot more time talking about, you know, the important issues that the, that the show was talking about. And I don't remember... As well, the one from the first season, uh, but I felt like in the second one, the one for this current season, they they had a lot more of a variety of experts on the show. They had like a suicide expert. They had a general psychologist who was like a consultant on the show. They had a advocate who actually lost their child to suicide. They had someone who works for um, survivors of sexual assault. It was a wide variety of people with differing opinions and, and different perspectives all feeding into this show not just the the after show, but the the season of the show and the writing of the show to make it 
more authentic and impactful. Yeah, I don't remember the first one too well, but I think it was talking with the anchor, the the actors, mm-hmm. some of the showrunners, Selena Gomez and her mom, and it was a very different format. And they, I think they had one psychologist. Yeah, no, I think there were some experts. Yeah, there too. was a couple experts. But it was again a very different format, and and they talked to Selena Gomez about why she wanted to, like, why she became a producer, why she wanted to make this show happen, and. Like she, she has nothing to do with the beyond the reasons. Now they they left a lot of time for you know the actors who were portraying these things and the the showrunners who were making these decisions and the consultants that kind of helped them um, form the message. And it was, I, I mean, I thought it was an interesting format, right? It was mm-hmm. like a like a daytime talk show, yeah. <laughs> the way they did it, but the information was great. And I haven't been to Thirteen Reasons Why info. Have you gone to? The site and seeing what they have because I remember them mentioning on an episode or it might have been the the ones at the end of the ep- each episode because that's another thing at the end of each of the thirteen episodes of the second season it gives a like before the credits roll to the next episode it tells you to go to if you're if you're the same message if you're struggling with any of these issues please go for um, to thirteen reasons why info for um, resources but I. Th- think it said something about local resources too so uh two things good point on pointing out that it's before the ability to skip to the next episode because netflix always allows you to just skip the credits jump to the next one and there's a countdown like it doesn't even allow you like it'll do it automatically if you let it even on some of them it has like on non-netflix shows it at least on my uh on the, uh, the two devices that i use to watch netflix it will give me like 12 seconds or 13 seconds or something to till it automatically skips when i watch a netflix original it gives me four or five seconds but this rolls (laughs) before that so exactly exactly you don't get like um uh on one of the devices i was watching it on you get the first couple credits and then it says one of the voices uh of the actor says you know for more information or if you need help uh, you know, visit 13reasonswhy.info. And right when that appears, the screen gets smaller and it gives you the option to start skipping. Yeah. But so you, so it isn't until after that appears that it even gives you the option to skip ahead, which is, you know, completely deliberate because they, they can time that however they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so I have been to, visited the site, and when you go on, it uh, knows where you are, or you can pick the location from a list, and then it'll give you local resources for your country. That's awesome. Yeah. So by default, it says United States when I visited, and it gives you the crisis text line and the national suicide hotline or lifeline. I didn't jump around to different countries, but you know the list of countries is there. I don't know how thorough it is, but it's great to have that available because then I don't I don't mind pointing people to there. You yeah. Know? One thing that I've that I've had a lot of difficulty with in the past is like what what one place somebody must have made that list already and <laughs> put it in a nice site. And I think this is a good one. I may just recommend thirteen reasons why dot info. Yeah. I think it's great. I just I just love that they have taken all this criticism and listened and and tried to do something good. And you know, I don't think they did bad last no, time. No, no. Because thirteen reasons why dot info was was there. They beyond the reasons existed for the first season. Like they knew that they were dealing with difficult issues and they knew like Thirteen Reasons Why was a popular novel mm-hmm. and they and they knew that like they made some decisions there that were 
way more graphic yeah. than even the novel was. So I think they knew that the responsible way to do it was to have those things available. But this, they just added layers on top of that, mm-hmm. which I think is great. No, I mean, we can, again, this is an argument about content warnings and uh, spoiler warnings too. Like yeah. uh, there's something that happens later on that I wasn't, I was like, oh, is this going to happen? And then based on the content warning before the episode, <laughs> I realized, oh, then what I what I was what I was thinking was going to happen isn't going to happen because otherwise they would have warned us about it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do like super explicit content warnings until a few episodes in. And it wasn't for every episode either. No, it was mostly for episodes dealing with sexual assault mm-hmm. and I think some drug use so so i mean that's kind of the stuff i wanted to cover that was spoiler free is there anything else you can think of that's like part of a a more general discussion before we get into the actual story i mean there are some like general things that we could talk about that do like general themes of the show that aren't necessarily spoilery but i have a feeling that when we start talking it will get spoilery (laughs) because we'll mention a general thing and then immediately go into details. So I, I think I'm I think this was the biggest the biggest part of the, the non spoilery conversation. All right. So that's it. We're going full spoilers now into the, the story. So if you haven't watched Thirteen Reasons Why season two yet, save this episode for later. All right. So now we can talk about spoilery stuff. What's on your mind? We don't have to go play by play. I don't really want to rehash the whole series. No. I'm just thinking like what are the biggest themes on your mind, the biggest things um that came up. Uh, I think Mr. Porter is the biggest I want to talk, let's talk about, about Mr. Mr. Porter. Porter. Yep, let's let's talk forever about Mr. Porter. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of season one. Oh yeah. How did you feel about him? Oh, I hated him. He yeah. he was a scumbag. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would you? <laughs> why would you talk to your like? Okay, so the end of season one, the last thing we really see about Mr. Porter is he's like the final tape. Like he, well, not the final tape, the one that Clay uh, makes with Bryce, but he is the one that Hannah goes to him for help after being assaulted. And he's basically just like, get over it. (laughs) Like he didn't say it in that way. It was a more like, I don't know, a more. I was like, if you're not going to do anything about it, then you're going to have to move on. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Those are your two options. And he was on his phone or or not on his phone, but looking at his phone, the phone was ringing. Mm -hmm. Like he was really distracted. By the end of the first episode of this season, I liked him. By the end of this season, I loved him. <laughs> I remember saying at some point, I think, like, we have tape of this, right? So we, we can prove it if somebody wants to go. Uh, go back and, and listen and to, prove- like, one of the 15 episodes we did about 13 Reasons Why last mm-hmm. last year. Yep. We couldn't <laughs> stop talking about it. Uh, but <laughs> uh, when Mr. Porter, like, I remember thinking, man, like, he, like, school counselors are overworked they're given crazy responsibilities and they go beyond helping the students mm-hmm. you know uh, tons of paperwork and stuff and you know maybe he, he just may not have the adequate training for for the job that he needs to do and he he says all of those things you know mm-hmm. he's like you know maybe i wasn't i didn't have the correct training he even brought up the fact that he wasn't he possibly wasn't a good fit he's like i'm black this school is like affluent and white you know like I'm probably not even a good fit for these kids to even come to me. Like this whole situation was not ideal, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't have the training, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, when, when you see the court case, kind of the point is that, and, and the lawyer makes the point that he did everything that he 
by the school's rules, by the county rules or whatever, he he did his job, you know? And his argument was that, well, I I could have done more, mm-hmm. you know? And and I, I completely get that. And that's kind of what was so frustrating about the first season because, like, he gave her information and he kind of laid out the options. And he did his job. But he, he, he did his job the way that, like, the way that I talk about like shitty therapists, right? It's yeah. like, oh, like you did, I, why? Why couldn't you do something more? And the reasons for that are, are very different, you know, for real life examples. And we know the reasons for him, like he was distracted, right? Like, I don't know, there were different reasons. But the fact that he is like, he's on this road to redemption this whole season. He's trying so, so hard. And man, you know, so, so there's that part where he reimagines what happened with Hannah in season one. That was the most, in, in, I think oh, it, yeah. he does it several times. Like he reimagines how different things could have happened, I think. But the most powerful moment was his conversation with Hannah. And that was the first time watching the sh- this season where I was just, like, there were times where I got misty eyed, but this was like full on tears. Like I could not imagine being in his shoes. And as someone who's training, and and almost done and almost licensed to work with kids. And I've worked with kids who have been through serious issues and had suicidal ideation. Thinking about what would how that would affect me if I lost someone like that, that I was trying to help. And I was just like, oh, my God, this poor man. I love you, Mr. Porter. <laughs> you know, when he tells her, like, sit down, you know, like, sit back down. We're not done. Like he 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 gets up and he instead of just letting her walk out the yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. And she, I remember Hannah mentioning that on the tape, right? She said something about like you didn't chase after me, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking like, shit, like it's not, like yeah, he, he could have. I guess he could have saved her life if he would have chased after her. And he got to hear her say that on the tape, and he knows that she killed herself, so he like the guilt that he's got to be feeling. And when he reimagines that moment and he tells her to sit back down and, you know, essentially chases after her and redoes the whole thing. Like, yeah, that was incredible to watch because we've been in that situation. How many times have you had a client and after the session, you just start ruminating on what you would have done differently. I said the wrong thing. What could I have done? And it could have gone this way. I never had a client suicide, but, you know, like I, I can relate to feeling like I, I wish I could have done things differently, mm-hmm. you know, and just so many times like uh, because I had a private practice, the accountability was very different. Sometimes clients just wouldn't come back mm-hmm. and I, I wouldn't know why I would try to contact them and I, I couldn't reach them. That stuff happens and then you start you start thinking about it. You start like thinking oh, like what I could have done differently. But the fact that he then that those exact words of no, sit back down. We're not done. Like he did that with Justin afterwards. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not going to let this happen again. He flagged a bunch of files when he that when he loses amazing. his I job. Know. He flagged so many files and said, these are the kids you need to watch out for. You need to check yeah. in with them every week, if not every day. And he did that after he was told not to interact with the kids anymore. Yeah. Right. So like the principal told him, I don't want you interacting with the with the students at all. And after that, he still talks to Justin, Mm -hmm. you know, and he has this great conversation with Justin. He's like, listen, I care. I know the situation you're in. If you don't do these things, the next person who comes after me is going to probably screw up your life. You know, like you have an opportunity here to do something. I've done all I can. 
And again, he's basically breaking the rules by helping Justin. Mm-hmm. And the other thing he did was, again, create, yeah, flag those files and have it all ready because he knew he was going to get fired. He absolutely And then knew. the principal just drops the files on the desk. Oh. Yeah. You know, and, and so th- this whole story with Mr. Porter, I actually worked at a school mm-hmm. where I was working as a teacher, but because I had a mental health background, it was, it was, I was doing it part-time while I had my practice in North Carolina. And I spoke out against basically abuses of... Uh, I spoke out against the school. Let's just put it that way. Much like Mr. Porter did. Mm-hmm. And I had pretty much the same exact conversation that uh, Mr., uh, the principal had with Mr. Porter. I had that with my principal. It was like, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't talk to these kids anymore. And I was like, really? I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in my case, I was the only one. And it's true. We only see Mr. Porter. Like, we don't see any of their counselors, right? Mm-hmm. He's the only one. It's like the only person who's there to advocate for these kids or to help them in, in certain ways is being told not to because the school is trying to cover their ass. Like this this show was an emotional roller coaster for me on so many levels. Mm-hmm. But the Mr. Porter thing was incredible. Incredible. Uh how how similar, like how how I've been in his shoes. Now there's other stuff that he did that was kind of messed up, right? Like he he got in the fight with uh, Seth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just like angry at this he, point. He He's ruffled like, up taking shit anymore. He ruffled up Bryce. <laughs> yeah, and yeah him. No, he ruffled up Bryce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those two, th- those two were the only examples really of like. See, because those two things, he definitely broke the, the rules. He broke the law in, in yeah. both instances, but. All the other stuff that he did that was kind of wrong, including again, like he spoke out against the school in a way that how can you like how can you fault him for that? You know, mm-hmm. like you, he knows the consequences, but he he just cares about these kids. And when he just when he looks at Hannah's mom and is like, "I'm sorry that I let your daughter down," yeah. it was yeah. Oh, he's like, "We could have done more. Of course, we could have done more." And something that I've seen that is something that. Something that I've heard a lot about that people don't show on TV a lot, um, and I can't think of any other examples really that I've seen it, um, are men crying. And he Mm. was definitely crying and remorseful and Mm -hmm. just, it was amazing to see that and see it like flow so freely. And I wonder how much the actor's tears were like, like my tears watching it, just like (laughs) thinking about how that would be for him if he really was a school counselor who lost a kid to suicide. Another scene that I really loved was when he was off on a job interview. We don't see the person who's interviewing him, but they're pretty much saying like, oh, you care about the kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like just keep it during school hours. Like, you know, you don't do, you know, more than what's necessary. And he's like, no, I, I, I used to feel like that, but I don't feel like that anymore. And the guy kept pushing. And at the end, he was like, you know what? Thank you for your time, but I don't want to work here. I don't want to work in a place where you don't care about the kids, mm-hmm. you know, or you only care about them to a point. Because I, I try to see it from the principal's perspective also. You know, when he talks to them about like our, our goal is to keep the kids safe and this goes into the conversation about the suicide contagion. I get it. You want to save many more kids, so you don't want them to talk about it. That's that's one way to do it, but it's, it may not be the best way to do it. These kids are going to talk about it anyway. They're talking about it now. You're essentially just covering your ass. Or do you really believe that you're helping them by not engaging in conversation about it? 
it's very strange. It's also one of those things where the the principal is making a decision, but did he consult Mr. Porter or any other mental health professional who works for – again, this is a public school, so you'd think that there are certain resources available to them. I think about like – I don't know. I'm assuming and I think I've heard through my professional like associations and stuff where they call in – when there's a, a shooting at a school or just some tragic thing, they call in crisis responders to, to donate their time to talk to kids about what happened. Uh, and that's if they don't have the adequate resources, the adequate number of counselors to talk to kids. And I don't see any of that happening. This is only five months after Hannah's suicide, the first, the yeah, first yeah. episode. And not just her suicide, but uh, Jeff's car accident and his death. And then also Alex's attempted suicide. Mm -hmm. So, and then they just shut the whole thing down and say, you can't talk about this at all. And Alex is at school and he's like, what? I can't talk about me. I'm here. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> um, yeah. And they had one of the professionals on Beyond the Reasons mentioned like, suicide contagion is real, but there are other ways to handle it. And if you just shut it down, it's going to stigmatize it even more and make it more mysterious and pull kids to want to do it more because they don't understand. Now, of course, the idea of suicide contagion is that the they're exposed to the idea, therefore they now they have that idea. Well, the suicide happened, so everybody knows that it happened, so the contagion is already there, right? Like the the fact that you would that it would happen, you would expose everybody to the idea and then not help them process it is is got to be the worst possible way to do it because if you could have possibly shielded everybody from ever knowing that Hannah died or that Alex attempted then maybe maybe i understand like okay you shut it down before anybody even learned about it and you're using contagion as your reasoning i get that but everybody knows mm -hmm. so then you're just pushing the responsibility on someone else in the name of protecting your students Get out of here. And then and then they create this this class that is called ass class, the alternative solutions and strategies. Where <laughs> where I forgot it was ass. It's yeah. ass class. Yeah. Um yeah. I think on the one hand, I think it's a good idea to give kids other ways to deal with whatever situation they're they're handling uh that's going on in their lives. On the other hand, it looked to me like, the only kids that were getting assigned to this class were, like, the outsiders. The, like, the the weird kids. I mean, Tyler, who is kind of a loner, and uh, I can't remember all the other punk kids' names. But the ones that, like, and these are kids that I would have hung out with in, in high school. Like, that was my group. Like You would have been an ass class. I would have been an ass class. And I think... Honestly, it might have been a better solution for every student to have to take this class. Or, I mean, Tyler made the point to the principal. It's like, would I have to go take this class and the baseball team doesn't have to take it? You know, like we like there's an accused rapist in that class and you don't want him to have alternative alternative strategies and solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? Like, uh, man. Or like there's the big brawl in the school with the with the mm -hmm. jocks and like. All our main characters, right? Everybody was and, in there. Yep. Except for Tyler, who's taking pictures. And they all get detention. That's it. 
just detention, but like nothing else happens. Nothing else yep. happens. I think the only other thing about the school's response that I wanted to mention was um in court in the closing arguments, the the baker's lawyer mentions um that Mr. Porter is a mandated reporter. Um and he didn't do anything, which when he heard about Bryce raping Hannah. And I thought that was super important, kind of glossed over, but the show is set in California and I'm from California and I know the laws um, about mandated reporting. And I had never thought about it that way, which is interesting because all I do in my, not all I do, but in my office part of my job, I trained people in mandated reporting and I'm one of the people that everyone looks to like, is that a call? Is that something I should call CPS or the police about? And watching the show, I'm, it just totally went over my head that he's a mandated reporter. I feel like he had a reasonable suspicion, which is what the standard is, to report to the police or Child Protective Services that she had been forced by someone else under the age of 18, even an adult, you know, there you you have to but this is under 18 both of them it's a report because she was not only coerced she was forced and so it's not just a a police report for sexual assault it's also child abuse you're right this was kind of glossed over is this why he pulled the page out of his notebook out of his possibly uh, date book possibly right yeah because he didn't report it so then he tried to hide the fact that this happened yeah maybe right i think i think that is weird yeah so he didn't even he didn't tell anybody he didn't even yeah like and in my line of work where i am something like that it's he wouldn't necessarily like even if the the words she used are vague enough that you could be like well maybe and that's what the school was arguing like i don't know she never actually said she was raped but she said yeah, enough yeah, yeah, that an, yeah. the average person would think maybe she was assaulted. I don't need to investigate. I should call. Yeah. I see the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because now he's absolutely certain of it. But back then when it happened, he didn't have like she didn't she didn't actually say anything. So didn't give any details. Mm-hmm. So then he didn't have anything to report is kind of. The, the lawyer stance, right? Like he, right. he did his job fine. But we're saying here that the mandated reporter laws. If the average person would think that something was wrong, you make a call. I remember struggling with that so much. And always um, when during my first internship, I always asked my, my colleagues, like, do, do I call this in? Mm-hmm. Like, do, should I? Yeah. And uh, it was always like. People couldn't agree sometimes. It's like, well, huh, and <laughs> and in my job, we err on the we err on the side of caution, and we make a call and give a hypothetical situation. And if they say it needs to be a report, then it is no longer a hypothetical situation, and we make a report. Yeah, again, and if he would have, you know, engaged more, tried harder, maybe he could have gotten more information at that moment. Kind of, but he works his butt off to redeem himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and not yeah. for himself, but for Hannah. Well, because he says in the when he's sitting and talking to Hannah, he said because some other girl who is alive is going through what you're going through, and I don't want her to die. Yeah, that's the best line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Hey, we've launched a new website called the Geek Therapy Forum. Almost every piece of content on the Geek Therapy Network is now linked to a topic on the forum, replacing the comments on separate websites. It also includes all the features of a traditional message board, so we have topics ranging from pop culture and video games to psychology and mental health. Patreon members also get access to an exclusive area to discuss Patreon-exclusive content, all in one place. You'll find a link to this episode's topic on the GT Forum in the show notes, or you can go to forum.geektherapy.com to sign up and join the discussion. Again, visit the new GT Forum at forum.geektherapy.com. Something really interesting happened uh, in this season, I feel, which is that like Hannah and the Bakers are like, there's no reason for them to be in season three. No. And Mr. Porter is kind of like completely, I think he's, he'll be out of the picture too, mm-hmm. unless, unless there's like more, well, no, you know what? He could show up again mm-hmm. because I'm assuming we'll have to deal with the fallout of uh, Tyler stuff. Yeah. And because he did flag Tyler, like he, maybe we'll see Mr. Porter again. Mm-hmm. But really, like, he's going to have a tough time finding a job after what he did. Yeah. You know? Which, again, is, like, the greatest thing. Like, we're, we're, he's our hero. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't think he's going to – he may. I don't think he may have a role um, in the future mm-hmm. of the show. But, damn, what a way to go out. Yep. Man. Um, speaking of, like, responses, there's the, there's the legal response, right? This is something that was just so enraging mm-hmm. in the show where – you find out when the show starts, like you said, it's five months after season one, you know. And the, at the, the end of season one, they leave it so hopeful, so hopeful for you. <laughs> yeah, because we have the, the admission of guilt by Bryce mm-hmm. and we have everybody doing these depositions, right? And they're starting to move on with their lives. And everybody's speaking up. You jump five months forward and you realize the cops have the tapes, have the confession and Bryce is just like nothing. Mm-hmm. And then after everything goes down and he gets arrested, they end up arresting Justin too, which I understand. Mm-hmm. And and then Justin ends up six months in jail, and Bryce ends up th- there for three. No, he what? wasn't even in jail. He got three oh, months right, right. probation. It was <laughs> probation. Oh. And it's so infuriating. But in the Beyond the Reasons Why or Beyond the Reasons episode, they did talk about like the reasoning behind that. They want you to be pissed. Because it happens. It happened here in California with Brock Turner. It happens. People, white guys get a slap on the wrist. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. Rich white guys. Yeah. Yep. And Justin, who is still white, but is poor, poor white, white man. man who grew up in a yep. trailer park. <laughs> He's stuck. And like the saddest thing, right? They said that they he had to stay a, a couple extra days because they couldn't find his mom. Yeah. Like they had nobody... To it was like, well, we don't have anybody to pick you up, so back to jail with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so sad. That's another one, right? So, like, the moment that Jessica gets raped in season one, Justin is suffering so, so much, mm-hmm. right? He never recovers from that moment. And, like, he ended up homeless. He ended up addicted to heroin. He's so sad, his story. And then he comes back and he's trying to redeem himself. Mm-hmm. And he knew the cost of, of, of you know, what he was doing. Uh, Clay's mom explained it to him. He did it anyway. So he was also another character. It's like a, a lot of characters redeemed themselves mm-hmm. in this season, in this season from, from the first one. And I think all the kids, I don't know, this is, this is something that I think is uh, kind of obvious, but then in the first season, Hannah died and the tapes are out there. And, but the kids are still kids. 
And it isn't until like the tapes come out and everybody's listening to them and they start reflecting on what happened. Like they're maturing, you know? And like in this season, they've all been through so much mm-hmm. and, and more time has passed. And then it just got uglier, right? Like the, the trial and Bryce like admitting it and then just being free, like all that stuff, like all these kids change so much from one season to the other. Yeah, well, and, Except Bryce. Well, and part of it also is that we get to see everybody. The first season is all about Hannah and the tapes. And we see everyone through the lens of Hannah and what they did to her. And then this season, it's all about, it's it's the reverse. We see Hannah through all of their eyes. So we get to see different sides of Hannah. And that makes Clay start thinking differently about her. Um, I mean, Justin tells tells him, like... You know, you she had sex with one guy, and now you don't know who she is? You're yeah. an asshole. You're a dumbass. You're a dumbass. You're a dumb. Yep. You're an ass. You're a dumbass. Yep. Like, um, <laughs> yep. one of the best lines Justin has throughout the show. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting to see all these other, Hannah and each of the other kids in the show through each other's eyes and not have it through this lens of, like, what they did to her. And it's more about how they're trying to live their lives and how the, what she did affected them. Yeah, yeah. We, we absolutely see – see, it's like we have Ghost Hannah throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, I kind of feel like – see, it's like is she, is she Clay's imagined Hannah or is she really like Ghost Hannah? And I mean I lean more towards the, the fact that, you know – it's just a figment of his imagination. Mm-hmm. It's him processing. But like there are parts in the show where it's like she's answering questions <laughs> that she That he wouldn't he wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't know the answers. So the way that was handled, it's like, well, you know, I guess we're we're going into fantasy territory well, here. I think maybe it's it's him imagining what she might say. Um yeah. I th- yeah. when the showrunners kinda explain it on the on that bonus episode, it's um talking about how we all talk to to our to people we've lost i mean yeah. i definitely know maybe not in like the strictest terms like i don't when i'm talking to to my mom i'm not necessarily like hey mom what what do you think about what happened today but it's in my head um like thinking about what she would think i think you and i both kind of went like the route of when we were discussing things while the sh- while you were watching the show like is he hallucinating? Like, is this something that is like, like he should be hospitalized or treated? But I think yeah. now that I've watched this show and listened to that, it is more of a like a healthy coping mechanism. A healthy, it's in his head. Yeah. But but she does haunt him. Like she does like and and like yeah. cause him pain. Um, but I think that really is his just a visual depiction of his internal processing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it overall. Again, because it wasn't and she says it at one point. She's like, like, I already told my story, and this version of me is everybody else's version. So really the Hannah and I think no, I think it's in Beyond the Reasons where um the actress says that, where she's like, This Hannah is a completely different character mm-hmm. because this is everybody else's version of Hannah, not Hannah's story. Yeah, because Hannah's story has already been told. In, in that sense, I guess it's really interesting to have to have the same actress portraying the same character without a voice, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. Just completely being told through other people's point of view, including Ghost Hannah, right? Which is really Clay's, Clay's point of view. version. 
Well, and then, like, there's that. There's Mr. Porter's version of what could have happened. There's Bryce's version, Mm -hmm. his lies Mm of of what he and Hannah had. Um, And then there's Zach's version, which is the relationship that he had with her. We get to see a less... Like, Clay romanticizes what he could have had with her. And so, from her, from or from Clay's point of view, we see, like, in the first season, not this season, we see this perfect Hannah. This was more of a, like, slice, with Zach, it's more of a slice of life, like, their summer together. And actually, a really powerful depiction of positive sexual experiences for teenagers. Because almost all the experiences we see in this show are not great. Mm-hmm. You watch this, you would think all teenagers are rapists or survivors, or so I yeah. thought that was kind of an important piece. I mean, that reminds me, there was that powerful scene at the beginning of the last episode. Oh, where that's on my list of notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the women are all telling their story, right? It's Jessica telling her story, but it's like you know what? Every every woman here has one of these stories, and they're telling them. And yeah, I, th- I thought that was a, a great addition to the to the series. Yeah, and it's and it's not necessarily every single one of them is in court. They have them all in the courtroom, but it's really saying how Jessica speaking her truth and her story is lending a voice to all these other women who may not have been able to speak up. Because some of those stories are so random. I wonder if they pulled those from like maybe stories that people sent in after watching the first mm-hmm. season of the show. I wonder yeah. if they're stories that the actresses had. I wonder yeah. if they're story like I don't know, but I felt it was so powerful to hear these stories. And it wasn't just the kids, it was the moms mm-hmm. and I think even the teachers. I think uh the the communications class teacher was in that too. I'm not sure. Was she one of them? I, think, I remember. I, yeah. But it was just really interesting to see that and that was another scene that like instant tears watching these women speak their truth yeah yeah again they didn't have to do that it doesn't even it doesn't even add to the story right it's like not related to the story it's a statement that they were trying to make with the show which i I think just speaks to like what kind of show it is and the people who are making this and Mm -hmm. how important they know that their show is like if you if you're gonna have so many people watch the show so many people who are young and impressionable like yeah like why not have a moment like that that is so powerful that that shares all those stories i don't know i think i think they've they've got a lot of guts on that show to be able to you know to to make decisions like that and and i'm i'm glad netflix let them and i'm glad we have that scene to refer to mm-hmm. and again I, i'm very curious about the behind the scenes too like did the actresses volunteer information i don't know it's uh just the fact that they participated is great although i'm glad the lawyer for the school didn't do it because I don't I hate her so much yeah I didn't want I don't need to like empathize with her or 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 see her as more human I want to continue to see her as a monster <laughs> I think a big theme in the in the show this season was parents and and adults and adults being because the first season all the all the adults are clueless like this season <laughs> Because so many intense things have happened, they're trying to be involved, and most of them are trying to be involved in really good ways. Now, Tyler's parents are still clueless. Yeah, but they but they're trying. Like they are trying. They were trying. Like they were trying to talk to him about 
about things throughout. You see them try to talk to him, especially in that last episode. Um, Mom tries to find out how his school day was, and it was like the worst day he could have ever had. Mm-hmm. And all through this, all through the show, kids are learning how to talk to their parents about these things. Or if they're not talking to their parents, they're talking to at least like Mrs. Baker. Like Jessica's parents know that she was raped, but they didn't know the details. But apparently, like eventually, Jessica tells. Uh, Mrs. Baker and talks to her and is they're, they're all, they seem to all rally around Hannah's mom. Well, also, Miss Baker knows already because she listens, she listens to, the to the tapes. So she understands everything these kids have been going through. And it's really interesting to see them all in a community where Hannah's mom, I mean, Hannah's dad left her, which is a thing that happens a lot of times when parents lose a child. She She has the support of this other woman who this other mom that has lost a kid, I guess, and is a support for her throughout the show in general, she feels alone and these kids all kind of rally around her, Alex and Jessica. And I think Zach goes, says hi to her one time. Um, Clay, they all kind of like Tony's her buddy. Tony is her like best friend and calls her Olivia, not Mrs. Baker, (laughs) Olivia. That's true. Like, they all are there to support her and she's there to support them. Um, and you yeah. see her giving them advice and, and trying to to be to them what she couldn't be to Hannah or she wasn't to Hannah, which is cool. Like so many good examples of, of good parenting and a few of, um, like you said, Tyler's parents are a little clueless. <laughs> also, when they show Hannah's mom in flashbacks, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, like she was just trying to be friendly or sarcastic, yeah, helpful in her own way, and it came off dismissive and hurtful. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I think she recognizes that and is trying she to be supportive. Now, you know? Yeah, she recognizes it now because hindsight is twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and she realizes what her actions kind of helped lead to. At least that's what she believes. Yeah. You know, there was a point where the where the woman from the advocacy group tells her, you know, you're thinking about the one time that you did something bad, but you're not thinking about the millions of times you did something good. Exactly. You know? So, like, maybe she made fun of her hair or, or, or her reaction about how she looked, but that was one time and all the other times she probably told her that she looked great or helped her or, you know. Right. And But that's not what she was thinking in that moment. Right. The role of adults is one of the themes that came up during the Beyond a Reasons. Mm-hmm. They split it up into different uh, themes. And I think it was one of the last ones was role of adults. And it's true. The adults were like front and center here. The The first season, it's also secretive. Mm-hmm. The kids are just passing the tapes off to each other. And really, we're seeing, we're, we saw everything from Clay's perspective that first season where we're seeing him discover everything piece by piece. The parents really had nothing to do with it. But here, yeah, I mean... Because, like, how could you not, you know? Like, fine, kids were being kids. No, the kids were being kids and kids were being assholes and kids were being bullies. And just one of the things that made it really hard for me to watch season one was how realistic the school setting felt, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, I remember those assholes and I remember these people and I remember seeing that or being treated this way. And, like, I hated high school so much and it just brought me back to that. And it was just, ugh, just horrible. But again, it was like kids dealing with it. And now, like... There was a death. There's a trial. Like, inevitably, now all these parents are involved. Mm-hmm. And they, they've been involved since the end of season one, right? Where, again, Hannah killed herself. Now, 
like there's nothing that the like the parents aren't involved in Hannah's life anymore. Right? There is no more Hannah. But with Alex, absolutely the parents are involved, you know, and and all these things that are coming out now, all the parents are are there at the depositions and with the trial. So- and having to sit there and watch their kids either decide to tell a truth that they don't want their parents to hear or yeah. to lie. Like Jessica sleeping on the floor of her parents' room. Right. You know? And they know the truth. Well, they don't know who it was, right? right? But they know that's, that what happened. Um, it, it didn't hit me till the end of the episode when she said, you know, like, this is the bed where it happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't, thought about through, hadn't thought about that throughout the episode. The scene where her dad tucks her in the first night she's willing to sleep in her <laughs> yeah. own bed. It was yeah. the cutest thing. But like there was, it was inevitable, you know, like it was too real now to like, if you didn't include the parents like they did here, then it's just a fantasy show. You know, Mm -hmm. like there's no, (laughs) it's not, it's not just fiction, but I think, I think it's great that we saw different reactions. We we did see a whole range Mm -hmm. of the parents. Like we saw every possible reaction, you know, including Justin's mom, you know, like Justin's mom is like not present and she's you know it's it's a really shitty situation and when he left the house at the end apparently she left too because they couldn't find her mm-hmm. which Although, good I mean, for her because there was that moment when seth showed up he hadn't shown up since mr porter beat him up and then he shows up outside the wake at the at monet's and like yeah you're like that's something's gonna happen in the next season yeah. something uh, some of the other themes that came up in Beyond the Reasons were justice, which I think we kind of talked about. Mm-hmm. Or the lack thereof. <laughs> or the lack thereof, right? People being held accountable. So many things happened. Like, what is what is justice? Who gets, like, who deserves what? Or who gets the the appropriate punishment? And who makes those decisions? Mm-hmm. You know, all of those, those are themes that are so, so um, a part of this show, of, of this season. It's incredible because, like, you, I, I want... Bryce to pay. I want you know? Monty to pay now too. See, okay, so so like this, the feelings, like the just the, so many feelings mm-hmm. watching this show, right? So I watched the show practically like in three sittings. I watched the season, yeah, right? yeah, because I watched um, it in a week, and you decided to catch up with me so we could talk about it. And I was like, no, 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 slow down, Josue, slow down, take it easy. <laughs> it's too much. I did, I did, I did. <laughs> And so, like, there, there are some really difficult uh, feelings to, to process here. Like, when Mr. Porter assaults, physically assaults Bryce in the bathroom, mm-hmm. part of me is thinking, this is not okay, man. What are you doing? The other part of me is like, just kick his ass. Mm-hmm. Just, like, make him hurt, you know? And when I, when I did my, like, mid-series binge, like, I saw, I, I was, like, till three in the morning. I just kept watching the show. That night, I had a dream where... I killed a Bryce in my dream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I was trying for a while. Technically what I did, like I, I technically like sliced a book in half and that causes death. So it ended up being like some sort of witchcraft or something. <laughs> I don't know. But the point <laughs> is that like, that was the intention. You know, it's not like I, I violently stabbed him in the dream, but like I, I thought that's where the dream was going to end up. The feeling was there that I want this guy to pay. I want there. And yeah, I think that falls under justice. You know, like what, who deserves to do what? Who deserves what? Right, mm-hmm. essentially. And with Monty at the end, yeah, like I hated Monty so much at the end that when Tyler is coming to the school with the with the with, with the guns, you're like, do it. Was, <laughs> part of me is like, like, can you just just go to Monty? Right, because like, I don't even think he's there. Yeah, they never showed him. So I'm like, like, just a lot of innocent people there. I don't want innocent people to get hurt. But do I want like? 
do I have like this revenge fantasy that I want to see play out in the in the show? Even though they're teenagers and it's a high school and it's it's like a version of some of the most horrific acts that we've seen, mm-hmm. you know, in schools right now. Yeah. Like I wanted Monty to pay. Monty was such an asshole. Like I wanted I wanted Alex to shoot him. Then I wanted Tyler to shoot him. You know, it's like these are the kind of feelings that this show yeah. <laughs> made me feel. No. It's um it's exhausting. Yeah. It's an exhausting show to watch. That's why Ooh. I take it in small bits. Small yeah, bits. Don't, I do season not three, recommend. small bits. I did like two episodes at a time. Maybe I'd watch three episodes in a day with like two episodes in in the morning and like I take a break and go do something else and then come back to one. It was it's so intense. It is intense. It is really intense. And like seeing it all through the seeing it all through the lens of, of children, basically, you mm-hmm. know, because, yeah, when Mr. Porter throws Bryce up against the wall, it's like. Yeah, he's a rapist and he's an asshole and he's what, but he's still a child and like, you got to let the court deal with him. Um, even though, you know, at that point, it didn't look like that was going to happen at all. I I really feel for like, all of them are kids. Bryce is such a, I feel for the actor that has to play him. Um, yeah. And they mentioned <laughs> that on the, on the Beyond the Reasons, like this, this is, I think his name is Justin. This is Justin. He's not Bryce. Bryce. Justin yeah. <laughs> is not Bryce. And I, it's, some, it's something that I've thought about, like, with... I know they had all these professionals come and consult and, and help these kids with the portrayal of some really heavy stuff. I'm hoping that part of their jobs were to also help them debrief and and kind of realize, like, this is not real. This was pretend what you went through, what you had to pretend to be like, I could imagine it screwing someone up to have to play someone like Bryce or. Could you imagine in their contract having like required therapy? Right. Throughout right. The contract? Yeah. <laughs> like having to get into the role of Bryce or Monty or someone who has to be Jessica or Tyler. Mm-hmm. Yeah who is sexually assaulted with a mop handle and beat up and ridiculed and insulted when he when he was trying this kid had got sent away to like this outdoor like camp thing to do therapy and learn anger management and he's using all the skills that they taught him and i think about the kids that i work with where they use the skills that I teach them and sometimes it still doesn't work because they're in a situation where people don't listen. They're in a very structured environment like a group home or a special school where they have these rules and they won't budge on them. And I think about like what it must be like to be like, I went and did my time and I learned these things and I feel so much better and here I'm going to use these things and it doesn't work. And in this case, this kid gets beat up, his head shoved in a toilet, he thinks he's going to drown, and then he's sexually assaulted. I I don't condone anything that he then goes about doing, taking those guns to the school and all of that. And I don't condone Clay trying to jump in front of the gun and, like, stop it. I think there's a better solution. He probably should have locked the doors and uh, called the cops. But I I do understand his want to help Tyler. Um, I know he doesn't know what happened to him, but knowing that he has tried and probably assuming that he was still bullied and knowing what the jocks are like at that school and what they blame him for, I can understand Clay wanting to help and keep him out of jail. 
I'm just waiting for you the know, next, the first scene of the next uh, season to be like the cops showing up and pointing their guns at Clay because he's holding an assault rifle. You know that's what's going to happen. Uh-huh. They're going to arrest Clay and it's going to be, I don't know. I don't know what else is going to happen, but I'm assuming that's where it'll start. I mean, he could run too. He could drop the gun and go inside. He could have jumped in the car with Tony. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just jump in the car with Tony? And drop the gun. Yeah. Just drop the gun, run. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, he could have taken, I think he should have taken he the shouldn't, gun. He shouldn't. No. left it there because he already touched it. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But uh, when you were saying the thing about Bryce, not the, not the actor is the actor, he's not Bryce. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of uh, the kid who plays Joffrey. Yeah. He's not Joffrey. <laughs> yeah. It's like, he's not Joffrey. Like, And people are always like, he's just the nicest guy. It's so weird to see him in that horrible role. But it's funny because in the world of Game of Thrones, we have something very similar in which like we hate this guy so much, and he's a child, <laughs> and we're rooting for him to like die a horrible death, right? We want everybody to kill him at some point, mm-hmm. and and when it finally happens, it is it is so satisfying, mm-hmm. you know. And the same thing with Ramsay afterwards, right? Things like that. But because this is a realistic and contemporary setting, it's so much more difficult to say that, you know. I, yeah. Like the first the first time that Tyrion slaps a Joffrey in the face. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like I wanted to give a standing ovation, but like that was like an adult hitting a child, and he's like really young. <laughs> In context, medieval times, children like teenagers were considered adults. Like they were adults, they would get married, they would be in the <laughs> military. Like they were adults. So contextually, you're like, eh. But if that was in this situation, and some kid's uncle slapped him like that. You'd be like, oh, hell no. Someone called the police. But like, I never thought of using Tyrion slapping Joffrey as a conversation starter for physical abuse. Well, never. I guess I'm, I'm thinking of a, an <laughs> until actual- this moment. Uh, Until this until moment. Until this moment. Until this moment. Now I'm thinking about the situation where um, Bryce's mom slaps him in the face. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call that abuse the way she does it. Uh, I mean, I guess you could, like, I don't, like, you're not supposed to slap kids in the face, but also... Also, that happens all the time. Yeah. And something that we, in some circles, we talk about it, Mm -hmm. right? And some cultures, it's more prevalent than in others. But, like, again, it's a contemporary setting, so now we're talking about it as child abuse. Like, if she had punched him, I would say, okay, yeah, that's abuse. Well, still, like, it's it's still physical. It's still physical harm from an adult to a child, someone who's underage. Like, my my point is that the show is contemporary and it looks real. And touches on some real things in a very accurate way. That's why it serves as a conversation starter more than many other shows do. I mean, we make incredible leaps, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) With, with other stories, right? About, and, and try to relate them to real life. But this is just, a portrayal that is trying to be accurate of all of these horrible things. Plus, like we haven't even gotten to homelessness, right? Mm-hmm. The the situ- the the home situation for Justin, the drug addiction, like the active drug use. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the the culture, right? That exists. Of oh, actually, one of the one of the points in um, Beyond the Reasons was the complicity of silence. Mm-hmm. This whole culture of everybody, of people not saying anything and covering for the each other. The baseball coach. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We didn't even talk about the clubhouse. We didn't We didn't talk about the clubhouse. That's what I'm thinking about, right, in, in terms of the complicity of silence. Mm-hmm. There is uh, Sky's bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. She's at a rehab program. That we, we recently talked about how... Most representations of those things aren't very positive mm-hmm. uh, or aren't good, 
you know? But her rehab program seemed pretty good, and she seemed to be feeling better afterwards. She had great uh, comments about how she's got good medication now, and, like, it's fine-tuned. And he, and he made the ch- – he Clay made the comment about how, well, what if you change? And she's like, mm-hmm. but that's the point. Yeah. She explained uh, her manic episode, how she tried to jerk him off in front of her parents. And he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get it now. Oh, that's a manic episode. I see. <laughs> I mean, lots of conversation, like so many serious themes were touched. The difference throughout. between cutting and suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. They addressed that mm-hmm. in the first couple episodes. Yep. Tony being insulted on the street. And then his violent reaction. His anger management, mm-hmm. right? He's he's in an anger management program. Using boxing as anger management. Oh. Yeah. There's, there's just so many things. Every, so many people were vandalized. So many people were... Um, how fucked up was it that Alex had one bullet in his locker? And then they gave him a gun! The psychological abuse that these kids went through during this season is incredible. Just so many different things that, that showed up. And then, again, at the end, we have Tyler who has an arsenal, like we're playing around with a gun violence thing, right? Mm-hmm. And we think we're building up to that point. And I didn't think it would be a cliffhanger at the end. Right. I I was like, people were talking about how it, gun violence was a big thing in the in this season. And I was like, gun violence? Not really. I mean, they're shooting guns at a range. They're shooting guns outside. They're shoot- but there's nothing. Oh. <laughs> but it's like, it's like the, the cloud of it is there, mm-hmm. right? And it's like you see Tyler. At some point, I thought, oh, like there's definitely going to be a shooting at the school on top of everything that these kids have been through. There's going to be a shooting at the school. And it's going to be Tyler. And then at some point, I was like, oh, it's going to be Clay. That does it when he had the gun. Mm-hmm. So like they played around with the idea a lot, right? And and you had Cyrus. At one point, you think Cyrus and Tyler are making a bomb, but really they made like the like a gack bomb, right? For Marcus, right? <laughs> kind of like silly string or slime or yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, they they made um, what's the girl? The girl who came out on the on the stand, Courtney. Courtney. They made Courtney come out on the stand. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't make her, but it ended up happening that way. Like so many things to talk about. I mean, we're 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 only going to do one episode. We're not going to uh, go like episode by episode. Right. Um, and I'm sure we'll keep talking about the show like we, like we for the did. next couple of weeks. Yeah, because it'll just come up because there's so many, just so it many examples on of things. Everything. Everything. It really <laughs> content warning. Everything. Content warning. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, man, and I'm sure I'm missing some things too. I'm sure I'm missing the, a lot of the things. The fact that Tony is a gay man who's also masculine. Um, mm-hmm. There's oh, there's so many things. I mean, everything on my my list of things I wanted to cover. Um, we've talked about it all, um, but there's so many more things. So many more things. I guess uh, two more things that they said on Beyond the Reasons. One topic was recovery. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that absolutely like you seeing you see Justin right. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's like recovery, and you see Sky recover in the, I guess in the most traditional sense, like in the, or I guess in the sense that I think about it first, like she's he's recovering from addiction, she's recovering from yeah, recovering from a manic episode, and she's like in in rehabilitation, and everybody is kind of recovering from everything that happened. Jessica is processing what happened, and becoming more comfortable uh, go- in her body. She goes to the support group. That was know? good. That was good too. Yeah. Because she thought it was stupid at first. <laughs> yeah. And the way that Nina is dealing with it, but not dealing with it. And then admits that she's not dealing with it. 
Yeah. Yeah, and how that contrasts with Jessica. Alex dealing with physical recovery and doing physical therapy in the pool with Zach after losing parts of being able to use parts of his body because of shooting himself in the head. Yep. So recovery, rehabilitation. Big, big thing. I think we, we touched on redemption. I mm-hmm. think redemption is a, a a big one too. And then the first point that they touch on in Beyond the Reasons uh, is intervention. And the idea of, like you mentioned, Clay intervening at the end with Tyler. Standing in front yeah. of a assault rifle. <sighs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, I get wish they'd that- shown Clay with like his pants wet after that. Like. <laughs> Standing there holding the gun. You know, there's a. Um, this happened a while back. I don't know how much the, it comes up in the Spider-Man comic still, but there was one point when I think it's right after uh, Superior Spider-Man when Doc Ock is like uh, taking over Peter Parker's body, and Peter Parker comes back and he says, like he he takes on this mantra of no one dies. So he tries so so hard and is incredibly reckless and sometimes gets incredibly hurt to avoid that anybody dies and like i feel like clay at the end of that of the first season we see him like the message is that i could i could have done something all of any of us could have done something Mm -hmm. to help hannah and we didn't so from now on i'm going to do something and so when season two starts i feel like he like his relationship with sky if it was built on that was was very unhealthy if he was you know just trying to help her from not hurting herself. Um, but he's like, he's like taking on this role. So he helps Justin and he helps everybody. He intervenes and, and he feels like he has to take it on. He, he goes to shoot Bryce because somebody has to do something about it. Like nobody else is going to do it. And the way that different people are intervening or helping each other or, or doing things is really interesting. I think we could do a whole episode on that alone. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oof. This show was so good. Like I, I, I've loved both seasons, but it is taxing. It is exhausting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But so good and really important and really, really important. And I think the the show creators know that they have created something that is is important and powerful, and oh yeah, gives voice to a lot of and, and brings up things that people don't want to talk about, and they are talking about it. And and things that happen every day. And things you know, that and things, happen every day. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't, but they do. And I think it's. I think one of the best things they said in Beyond the Reasons was talking about how it's a, it's a way to start a conversation. They they made the show. People are going to have differing opinions on everything that happened in this show. But we're getting you to talk about it, and it's okay to think yeah. this the show causes difficulties for teenagers it's okay to think that this show is the greatest thing ever and is getting everyone to talk both of you are probably right let's talk about it and and have these conversations and let's warn kids beforehand about what they're watching and encourage them to watch it responsibly with someone they can talk to about it who would have thought we'd get a third season I'd, I wasn't even expecting the second season until they announced it, like, right after the first season finished. I could, like, I wanted a second season mm-hmm. because I wanted to see what everybody was dealing with. I didn't think, I had no idea that it would be. And I was worried about like what this. they were going to do, like, thematically framing it. Because the first season and the book are all very specific. Like, here's a tape. We're going to see what happens with this tape. Here's a tape. 
let's see what happens with this tape. And then we get this promo with like pictures and there's not a, a Polaroid for each episode, but they did frame it pretty well with almost every episode had like one of the kids testify. Some, mm-hmm. I think there were yep. a couple of things, a couple of uh, witnesses testifying in a couple of episodes, but mostly it's, we get the, we get the opening monologue for each kid and how they responded, like how they responded to Hannah's, situation what their part in it was and what they got from it yeah so i i liked it i definitely liked it yeah me too let's see how they frame frame season three i think it worked really well Mm -hmm. doing it this way but i you gotta be out of tricks right like there's no way like i think if they try to frame it in maybe they're gonna be questioning everyone about tyler i don't know i think (laughs) i think there's still you still have all the bryce and monty stuff like um Hey, hanging. Bryce is going to a new school. Yeah, he could just cause havoc over there. Yep. Maybe he'll meet the clay from from the other school, <laughs> and he's screwed. That oh, that would be actually that would be really great to see him to see Bryce at another school and like nobody take his shit. You know? Yeah. Like, he becomes he he becomes like he's like bottom of the food chain at the new school. That would be great. Mm-hmm. That would be. I want to see that. That would be some that. justice. That would be some justice. Yeah. Some. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this has been our uh, discussion of 13 Reasons Why Season 2. I'm glad we got it all in one episode and we'll never talk about it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never sure. again. <laughs> Ollie, and, sure, Ollie sure. and Lauren are going to be sick of us because we're going to keep bringing up 13 Reasons Why every week. It's it's just, you know, that's uh I hope everybody watches the show so we can we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. And actually, one point you know uh, to make again, I just said I hope everybody watches the show. I don't actually believe that. I I'm I'm gonna go with the <laughs> with the PSA at the beginning. If you're struggling with any of the issues, that the series may not be right for you, and uh, definitely don't watch it alone. Or you know, find find people to talk to about it. I've got, I've got my person to talk to about it right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Whew. Yeah, I, that's you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to watch it faster. Was so that we could talk about it. Yeah, because I remember season one being so emotional. And you wanted and someone to talk about it with that yeah, had, yeah. that understood and had seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want I want a person to talk to about stuff when it's good. But especially when it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> when the feelings that I feel are not uh very positive. It's a sad show, but uh I think it's good. Thank you for listening. Please join the discussion on the GT forum. You can find that at forum.geektherapy.com or click the link on this episode and it'll take you right to the topic where we're discussing this episode. You can also find us on Twitter at Geek Therapy. I'm Josue Cardona. Lara is at Geek Therapist. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming um, after this episode. Mental, Mental Health Month has been uh, crazy. We've done all sorts of stuff, including three bonus episodes at this point. What? That's a lot. They were all you and me. You and me did the bonus episode. So so you did all the work, uh, Laura. Right, thank you. Right. <laughs> all right. So thank you. And uh, we'll be back soon. You've just listened to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. For more about Geek Therapy and all of our podcasts, visit geektherapy.com. And for extra content, including our monthly book club and other perks, consider becoming a member of Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash geektherapy.